0: Hi hey there, I'm Andrea Copple, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most. Are really like. Hey, Java Junkies! What's up? Hope your week has been going well. Hope you're enjoying your classes and that you're making time to relax and smell the coffee too, both figuratively and literally. Speaking of coffee, I am always up for discovering new brews. So tweet me at time the number four coffee LLC with photos of you and your favorite roast, and let me know what I should be adding to my repertoire because it is time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is Mike Steep, who is an adjunct professor at Stanford University and the executive director of the Stanford Engineering Center for Disruptive Technology and Digital Cities. He's also a former senior vice president of global business operations at Park Xerox. Mike, welcome to Time for Coffee.
1: Hi. It's really a pleasure to be here today.
0: Wonderful. I have to ask you the requisite question here. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I am double caffeinated and ready to go.
0: Awesome. <laughs> what, are, what are you enjoying? Well,
1: I'm nearly cafe treat today. So I bought a new machine that is delivering double the power and strength of what we really expect for espresso. So we're
0: well caffeinated <laughs> in our way. And you need that extra caffeine, I think, to do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the espresso shots. And the first one, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the disruptive tech incorporation's professional path?
1: So I think when you talk about disruptive technology, we are really in an extraordinary time. There There's never been such a, a major innovation across so many different areas of development and technology in the 30 years I've been involved in tech. So the ideal situation for a young person coming into this would be either to take a path through startup as an entrepreneur, starting your own company or being part of a startup venture, or taking a more formal path of getting a more advanced degree that could help with inside of corporations, either in a business development function or working for an innovation team.
0: And what would those entry-level positions be?
1: Well, as an entrepreneur, these days, at least, it would be starting to work for a major startup company, usually as an engineer or in the product development area. So as an example of that, a lot of young people will hook up with uh, an entrepreneur who has already had a career track record where they can learn some of the skills and risks associated with venture-backed startup technologies. And then what about on the corporate side? On the corporate side, it takes a more formal educational process, but one major area that I would recommend people to take a look at is in the business development sector, a technical background. So as an engineer, most people don't get exposed to business modeling, figuring out how to take the technology into a way that actually monetizes for a corporation. So in these cases, companies have set up innovation centers where they bring people in from both engineering and marketing and sales on the product development side to learn more about how to take new technology into the company. It's more secure, less risky, although you don't get the same reward structure as you do when you go into a startup with stock options.
0: Yeah. What about skills, Mike? What is a useful skill or skills that you looked for when you were on the corporate side in the people that you hired for these entry-level positions?
1: Well, intelligence is clearly top of the mark because there's so much systems integration, the ability to take a large amount of information, synthesize it, and bring it down to a couple of key attributes. And that is a skill set that is really about the personality and the individual more so than the educational end of it. So we look for people who have the ability to sort through a vast amount of information and then very quickly come to the point about what's important, and what's not.
0: You've already alluded to this. Is someone's major a deciding factor to break into this
1: field? I think it's not so much the major as it is the attitude of the of the person that's involved, the ability to take on risk and willingness to deal with a high level of risk. Because in most cases, when you get into startups, you're talking about a career path where you may have five or six failed companies before you have a successful entry. So it requires endurance. It also requires resiliency. And it requires the ability, again, to figure out how to take technology into a path that will monetize. So it's aptitude more so than educational capability. As an example of that, I've seen startup personalities who have had degrees in philosophy, not just in the engineering side. I've seen one person that had a literate career as a writer decide to get involved in, in a startup as an entrepreneur, but quite frankly, to have the greatest chance of success, in an engineering background, a technical background is really key.
0: You are somebody who has many, many different degrees, advanced degrees. How important do you think it is to have that graduate school degree in order to succeed in this field?
1: Well, the myth is, is that anyone can do this without actually having advanced degrees. But that means you have to take on an important amount of risk and be a fairly extraordinary leader to be able to be successful with a startup. So the insurance policy is the ability to actually have at least some kind of ability I talk technically, but also an ideal combination would be an engineering degree with an MBA or some kind of a, a master's degree in business. Be an ideal combination, not necessary from the perspective of the success factors driving a startup. It simply allows you to have more chances of succeeding from the point of view of the
0: risk. And what about the other track for disruptive tech in corporations as a career path? More focus on
1: the advanced degree in MBA. Corporations tend to have their own specifications that are quite different from startup companies. You know, a startup companies more about aptitude and a corporation is more about paper, what you've done on, uh, on paper and then what you can learn as you get into the corporate environment very different environments.
0: What have you found in terms of life experiences that you think would be most useful for someone who's just starting out?
1: The ability to adapt to change is absolutely key because technology is moving at literally an exponential rate. It's very difficult for humans to adapt to the rate of change, both in terms of their career, but also managing all the various aspects of dealing with disruptive technology that has a life of its own. So the ability to adapt to change and to reconsider one's position and one's opinions about where things are headed is absolutely critical to success. I would rate that as the number one aptitude requirement.
0: How do you think a Java junkie who's a teenager who is still (laughs) in school can translate that into a life experience that they're going through right now?
1: Well, I think personal experience is really paramount. People who have had to deal with crises in their life or personal issues, believe it or not, I think that's actually a positive attribute because essentially it rocks the boat a bit in the way that life operates and gives a person a chance to see how character is built. So I would focus on character building traits, the ability to get through a volatile period and then come through the other end with a stronger character. And so the kinds of activities that that would involve, some people will climb mountains, they'll go hiking, they'll go travel abroad, seek a diversity of different experiences. Other people will be mavericks and trying to lead a new type of idea through a process. Like For example, doing their own startup at a very early age, trying to program an application that is dealing with a specific type of problem and then actually getting it financed or off the ground would be really positive. So I think that it's really about life aptitude and building character that's the, the essential ingredient in all of this. Corporate, less so, but more so on the entrepreneurial side of this equation. Oh. On the corporate side, you need more maturity the ability to deal with large organization structures and corporate cultures.
0: Okay, great. I was just going to say, I think grit is an attribute <laughs> that is useful no matter what field you go into. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what is the best part for you of being in the field of disruptive technology?
1: Well, from my perspective, it's being able to help companies understand how to take disruptive technology into new business models. And what that means is job creation and opportunity. Now, all my career, I've had to represent either a particular company's products or services in this role, I am completely agnostic. I can look for the very best type of disruptive technology that will meet the requirements, for example, of driving a different approach to growth in an industry. As an example, we're working on a new startup concept that has the ability to grow 35 acres worth of food inside a 10,000 square foot warehouse facility using robots and aeroponic farming. And that's a radical departure from where the agricultural business has been before and offers new opportunities that have never been achieved. So what I really enjoy about this is taking a new technology and fundamentally changing the way an industry operates and creating opportunity for those who decide to be part of all that. That's really what drives me today in my roles.
0: And what about the part of your current job that really sucks? Well, I
1: don't think of it as a job. That's the first point. What I think about this is as an opportunity basically to create change in a rather global way. And So the only part that I think in any kind of a startup situation that a lot of people have problems with is the existing corporate legacy. And there is a corporate legacy at Stanford. It has its own culture. It's an academic institution. Just trying to change to be able to meet monetization requirements in the engineering school is a big deal. It's a big change for for the company culture, in this case, Stanford's culture. Academics are used to doing broad-based research, conceptual research, but trying to make that pragmatic so they can actually make a change in an industry is a big deal. And so that's the adjustment period. and You have to have a lot of patience and a lot of understanding of how an existing culture is going to affect what you do. So I'm very patient. I've been through this 30 years of a career where I've had to deal with every kind of situation you can imagine, both politically and otherwise, inside of companies. I'm used to it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me, let put it that way.
0: That's great. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten?
1: <laughs> uh, best career advice? Be able to adapt to change in technology, by far. Reassess your assumptions about what you think and how things work. Every couple of years, in this case, every couple of months, in some cases, when you're dealing with disruptive technology, don't take it personal. In other words, don't make this all about yourself. Make it about the problem that you're trying to solve. Much better approach. And that's directly from Bill Gates. And in addition to that, expect that there are going to be all kinds of issues that you need to address. So sustainability, resiliency is really absolutely critical. You have to stay with it, not give up. Push for your ideas until you can see where it ends up. Even if it fails, the experience of going through all that is a real character builder. It'll be the next thing that you actually have to deal with, and you'll have a new perspective as a result of failure.
0: I love it. I think we need to change the concept of failure as being something bad. I think that the fact that you go through an experience like that is actually necessary as a just a part of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to achieve the next success.
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you. And that is the startup mentality, especially in self-devalued. It is not the mentality of those corporations, corporate cultures. That's one of the reasons why corporations fail. Because someone out- from outside comes up underneath and essentially makes it very difficult for them to survive. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that. Learning from failure is absolutely critical to success. But I would encourage people to do it early on. Advancing your career, it has all kinds of implications for raising families and children and everything else you get involved with besides work. When you go on a, a career or startup technology, it means that it will have an impact on your family and on your children and everyone else as you start developing. because so you have to find somebody who you can get along with who understands that when you get married.
0: That is great advice, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Mike, what movies, if any, or fiction books do you think accurately depicts the field of disruptive tech? Well,
1: there's one recently that I've come upon. It's a, a book by a Stanford professor that talks about innovation. It's an innovation about the history of innovation, what really drives it. And it really takes a hard look at why innovation fails in most organizations. And so I would highly encourage people to take a look at it. It's called Innovation and Its Enemies by Colestus Yuma, J-U-M-A, and he's a professor at Harvard University. Other book I would consider for people to read is something called Red Team. It's about how you develop leadership in a way that challenges your assumptions. And it's by Micah Zenko, Z-E-N-K-O.
0: Thank you. And final espresso shot here. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about the field of disruptive tech?
1: I think the the first thing is, is that where you start out isn't necessarily where you end up. So, for example, in the founding of Google, the founders really struggled for the first four years to figure out what Google was about you know, they never anticipated it as an advertising engine in the early days. It was designed to index the entire search process on the web. So where they ended up versus where they started is very, very different. And uh, another example of that is what Facebook is facing these days around privacy issues. You know, who would have guessed that the model would get to such an extent that it would create such controversy over what personal information is about, how it actually operates. So I think that's the most important thing to think about because technology changes so much it's hard to anticipate what the actual unintended consequences are going to be and that's where most people become surprised when they uh, get into into this process
0: professor mike Steep, thank you so much for making time for coffee with me and the java junkie community today oh it's my pleasure